Hello everybody, thank you very much for downloading this episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. For more information, you can visit the Cinema Catch-Up Club's official Facebook page. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club. Or you can visit our website, thoughtjarproductions.com. This podcast is available on iTunes and SoundCloud, and we would really appreciate your subscriptions there, so pick your service of choice. For more information about this and other podcasts we produce, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com. And now, for this week's episode. Hello everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, it's part two of our Valentine's Day special, because we like to let the audience pick the films sometimes, and you guys just couldn't be separated between Pride and Prejudice and The Wedding Singer, so we're doing them both. So in this uh, customary two weeks after Valentine's Day edition of uh, the show, we're looking at the second of those films, 1998's The Wedding Singer, starring Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. Joining me, as always, we have someone who has seen the film and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film, it's Dr. Carmen Dolly. Hello, Stephen. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am good, thank you. Excellent. You've not seen The Wedding Singer? No, I have not. I remember seeing ads for it in the cinema, and for some reason I thought, like... Just then in my head, I thought it was like from 1989, but I guess that's when it's set, isn't it? It's it's set it's, in it's the an 80s, 80s yeah. one, yeah. And I think I had the same thing as well because I also haven't seen The Wedding Singer. Oh, okay. And so when I had thought about it previously, I'd always thought, oh, this must have been one of Adam Sandler's early films mm. uh, before realizing, oh no, it's it's evoking that previous age. Yeah, um, and, and after things like Billy Madison and, and Happy Gilmore and that kind of stuff. Mm. I mean, in fairness, I have seen a community theatre show of The Wedding Singer, which, um, yeah, it, it I'm imagining it's similar, but not identical. There's probably mm. a little bit less singing in this, maybe, than there was in the musical. Possibly. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, we'll see. I'm sure it'll be good. All right, and joining us as our guest who has seen the film... It's Brett Cullen. Hello, thank you for having me back. Uh, you're most welcome, Brett. Happy 2019 to you. Yes, oh yeah, it's a whole new year. Yes, and... Uh, a whole new year. <laughs> now, you have seen The Wedding Singer. I have, not for quite a while, mm-hmm. uh, but yes. So I, I'm very, I know the beginning and I know the end. The, uh, the middle is a bit of a, a blur. So there's a wedding and then presumably someone sings. and uh, That happens right at the start, so spoiler alert. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, in a sort of vague, non-spoilery sort of way, um, what, what do you remember about this film? Do you remember particularly enjoying it or, or anything standing out about the film? Yeah, this was uh, a period, we'll talk more about it after, but this is a period where Adam Sandler sort of tackled drama roles. So there was, like you said before, you know, Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore and that kind of thing. And then there's a few films there in the early 2000s, the late 90s. No, early 2000s it would be, where he did a dramatic turn. Um, and this is one of them. And it's, mm. it's still funny, but it's very much sort of rooted in that drama. Mm. And then leading to things like uh, Punch Drunk Love. Yeah, I was going to say, was he in that or was someone else? But yeah, no, that, that's yeah, him. That's, that's, Sandler, yeah. that's and, the one that gets um, cited generally as like his good film. Like yeah. his, his... Sp- Spanglish, I think, is that right? Spanglish was early 2000s, yeah. yeah not so. sure. This would have been before or after. This, yeah, this is, sure. well, this is 1998, and it's, um, it's is, this, is this one of those, those films that did that sort of um, 
examination of the 80s because that seems to be quite a popular thing now with Mm. things like Mm. Stranger Things and all sorts of sort of culture being recycled from that time because it's Mm. been 30 odd years um but with with the wedding singer with that being 98 um was this set in 85 i think yeah is is this the sort of first i guess big um pop culture Mm. type thing that did that retrospective look at the 80s maybe maybe but i do we can talk about it after but i think i remember it being fairly glossy look at what the 80s is so it's all you know it's what you remember shoulder pads and perms and stuff like that which is true Mm. but um it's interesting because you look at films that are set in the early 80s and it still looks like 70s because obviously there's always that lag time same with the 80s Mm. like films Mm. that are set in the early 90s look like the late 80s and there's that lag time so Mm. yeah i can't remember to be honest but i do know there's perms there's definitely shoulder pads good pretty sure people do cocaine uh, so it's the 80s I mean just looking at the DVD cover The colour scheme just looks very late 90s to me mm. um, You've got a lot of uh, You know it's kind of sky blue And lime green and hot pink And yep. that, that to me screams much more late 90s Than, mm. than yes. 80s The, the vaporwave uh, aesthetic as it is yeah. now Yeah. yeah. Excellent alright well with that being uh, said and done Shall we watch The Wedding Singer? Sure yes. Alright for those of you uh, listening at home Pop in your DVDs and take off that Van Halen t-shirt Before they break up You're going to jinx them as we prepare to watch The Wedding Singer. And welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching The Wedding Singer. And by we, I, of course, mean Dr. Carmen Dolly. Hello. And Brett Cullen. Hello again. So, Carmen, that was your first time watching The Wedding Singer. Yeah, it was. What did you think? Um, so I, I thought it was okay. I, en- I enjoyed it. It mm-hmm. was um, a good watch. I don't think it's the kind of movie I would watch again. Um, and just thinking, thinking back on it, I actually think it works better as a stage musical. Okay. Um, this is, so this is interesting because, yeah. um, subsequent to this film about, I think it was about eight years later, they did a Broadway version mm. of the show. And you've seen a local community theatre production of uh, the show, you were saying before. What about it do you feel works better in the theatrical context as opposed to the cinematic? Well, I feel like in a a theatrical music theatre context, you know, everything's a little bit campy and over the top anyway. And Mm. your, your suspension of disbelief is kind of more out the window. So a script like this, which is a bit campy and over the top, sort of works better in that context than it does in a film that's trying to be quite realistic. Mm. I feel that this film is going for realism and doesn't quite hit the mark because, you you know, you've got this script where, you know, characters are talking about practising French ki- kissing for the, their wedding. It's like, oh, why don't you practise on this random dude that you're friends with? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that work, it, 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 this this script is not... Uh, particularly believable at points. Very Um, contrived. Very contrived, exactly. And I feel like that works a lot better as like a book for a musical Mm. where it's interspersed with songs and it's fun and it's campy rather than necessarily in a movie. Um, Yeah. Okay, no, that's that's completely fair. Um, But but it was, for me, watching it for the first time as well, I, I sort of feel the same in the sense that I probably won't go back and watch this uh, for a while. Mm. But it was quite fun. It was quite fun, yeah. yeah. And yeah. it was, you know, this was picked by our audience for a Valentine's Day episode. They were very much, you know, we asked them to suggest romantic films. It's very different from the Pride and Prejudice, which we did a couple of weeks ago. Mm. But it's, um, this is just, yeah, it's a really sort of feel-good, 
you know, simple romance story that gets a little bit more complicated as it goes on. And mm. I I quite enjoyed it. Brett, this was your first time watching it in several years. Yeah. How was it revisiting? Uh it was it was what I remembered. I think it was a little bit more hokey than I remembered. Mm. But I might be colouring that from um the other more serious roles that Adam S. Adam Sandler had done. Mm. I think I'd watched Fifty First Dates more recently than that one. Right. Uh, yeah. And that was I think it's the same tone. Yeah. It's still yeah, very very much is. Yeah. It's the same yeah. lead actors. So Yeah, well yeah. yeah. But that's what I meant yeah. about earlier comment of saying it's very shallow. Look mm. at like yeah. there's no there's not a lot of authenticity, you know, I don't think people yeah. Really walked around in Michael Jackson jackets in '85. No. It would have been yeah. earlier than that, for instance. I I did find that whole um, immersion in that '80s culture a little bit alienating, in the sense that, in a way, it felt like a like a community theatre production. Yeah, where yeah. yeah, it felt very much like. Oh, here's the bit of this particular song that you know, which yeah. just happens to be the 10 seconds when we're in the car, you hear, um, you know, you're yeah. out of touch, I'm out of touch, touch, car's off. That's yeah. all, yeah, yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it, it just kind of feels like, hey, everyone, remember New Coke? It was. Remember Rubik's Cubes? Remember, remember Nightmare on Elm Street? Yeah. We got them all, it all here. It's like... just a massive pastiche of as yeah. much stuff. Mm. Compared to something like, I think, Stranger Things, mm. which was, they used that as the basis for the world. So there was that, there was the grounding in the world that this was the late seventies, I think, wasn't it? Eighty one or something like that. Oh, for Stranger Things. Yeah, uh, it's eighty three. Was the first season. Eighty three. Okay, yeah. which is basically the late seventies, mm. which yeah. is why you have the bikes <laughs> and the fashion and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I don't know. What are the other eighties films that have? All films that evoke the eighties. Yeah. Um. Oh, so like Glow from yes, Netflix. Glow. Yeah. That, yeah. See, that, that does it very That's very well. grounded as yeah. well. Uh, did any of you watch the Baz Luhrmann series, The Get Down, which was 70s, uh, but was evoking... I started it, yeah. No, the, I did not watch that. Yeah, that was um, that was visceral, as you would expect mm. with a Baz Luhrmann Baz thing, um, <laughs> of that sort of New York 1970s warriors come out and play a type yes. of um, atmosphere. I, I think whilst this is hokey and whilst it doesn't necessarily... I, I don't look at this as a believable version of the 1980s. I think it's... I think it works in this sort of rom-com sense. It's essentially mm. the the set dressing. In a, in a way, a lot of this felt like when you see Shakespeare plays adapted to the modern age. Mm. It's yeah. that, and, and this has got a sort of semi-Shakespearean sort of like, oh, yeah. mistaken identities and oh, misunderstandings. Yeah, yeah, misunderstandings. that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, without the, the wit of the bard, I'm not saying Adam Sandler <laughs> and Shakespeare are in the same <laughs> bracket. Uh, but um, you Have know, you I don't seen th- little Nicky. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say Shakespeare did write uh, Grown Ups too, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Yeah. Uh, but the, I, I think that that dressing and that 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 setting um, was was fun, and I think also helped with the sense of fun within the film mm-hmm. uh, because none of these characters are necessarily people that you're going to take overly seriously. Um, mm. But at the same time. I think it just helped it along that little bit, even though in some respects it was a bit alienating to be like, oh, the chef's wearing a relaxed T-shirt and points it out. And that's not really that funny. While discussing, <laughs> like you said, new Coke on the radio. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just this this whole, if Remember? like someone threw up the 80s onto a film. Yeah. And yeah. I almost feel, yeah, it does detract from what is a pretty good, um, a pretty good rom-com story. Yep. Um, yeah. And yeah. I also felt that um, our, our two leads, Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore, are both fantastic. Mm. I yeah. very sort of believable as 
people yeah. as Robbie Hart and as, as Julia. Um, and I think they've kind of got the difficult job in a way because a lot of these other characters are so interesting and, you know, mm. they're chewing the scenery in points. Yeah. You know, they're all... <laughs> oh, yeah. And, yeah. and the your two sort of leads have to provide kind of a, a good base and a good bouncing board for other characters to sort mm. of work off while they yeah. don't get a lot of comedy themselves. Yeah, and um, you're right. I think, you know, you've got like rapping grandmothers and like Sammy the Philanderer <laughs> and, you know, even Glenn, who Julia is due to get married to, is mm. just this sort of awful yuppie caricature. Yeah, um, Uber alpha male... Yeah, like where's yeah. leopard skin underpants? You know, yeah. all, all that, yeah. all that stuff. And you know, to Wait, the po- would you not? Oh no, I don't. Sorry. <laughs> Whoa, missing no. out. Okay, uh, but yeah, I think they did a really good job in grounding both the lead characters that we experienced the story through, but also the fact that I felt it made the relationship quite believable mm. and it also made sense that they would be attracted to each other because they were sort of two the two cameras characters that were most similar to each other yeah yeah they had good on-screen chemistry which is why yeah. i think they came back and did more projects and stuff yeah, like yeah. That. whereas yeah. yeah i think that that well, it's going to make or break a romantic narrative right like if your leads don't work mm. you end up with like Geely or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, the premise is relatively simple. It's, you know, uh, there's a wedding singer. His name is Robbie. He's sort of a failed rock star. Um, and he meets Julia, who's working at a lot of the, the, the venue which holds all the wedding parties, apparently. In, yeah. There's in... like one wedding venue in this mm. town. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, it's also for bar one... mitzvahs. And... They said he's the only limo driver in town. So That's it's true. a small town. It's, That's true. Yeah. Obviously, very, very small, but with uh, with planes that connect to Las Vegas. So, yeah. yeah. Direct to Las Vegas. Hmm. Hmm. Could be anywhere. But uh, the we were introduced to the characters and we we realized fairly early on because we're watching a rom com where it's like, okay, okay, so these two are going to end up together somehow but mm. but they're both engaged to other people what what how could that even happen well oh brett the film reveals all over the next hour and a half um so we see it, it, robbie hilarious misunderstanding yeah oh, <laughs> such wacky hijinks yeah, yeah. A, a misunderstanding number one uh linda didn't actually want to marry robbie mm. uh his he gets stood up at the altar and uh and that was it was actually surprisingly affecting uh, when he when he attacks that mirror yeah. in in that uh, little bit off to the side in that mm. little gazebo. But this is this is Adam Sandler now ramping up into dramatic roles, right? Yeah. Like you, yeah. you compare this to Billy Madison or Happy Gilmore. And yeah, it was all just slapstick. Really yeah, before this, it was that continuation know. of his Saturday Night Live big, loud, angry, yelling dude, mm. and you get little moments of that in here. Mm. But what I actually like about what he did in this is that it's quite small. Mm. You know, it's the song. It's the very song, like, rah, 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 that song, yeah. and smashing the mirror. And there's a few other moments where he yells, but for the most part, he's very demure and reserved mm. in comparison yeah. to his other characters. You know, and he would. I think he learned a lot from this film. Yeah. In terms of how to to do drama, mm. but and this is something I mentioned before we even started the podcast. Like, I know a lot of comedians, and there have been historically a lot of comedians that do drama exceptionally well. Because mm. I would argue, having done both. Comedy is way harder. Oh, for sure. Yeah, mm. for sure. Way harder. Because you can cry yeah. and people go, oh, you know, mm. get that empathy hook. Mm. But making someone laugh because it's so subjective. And that's what I, I think that's the tone problem I have with this film is it dips in and out of that a lot. You have wacky rapping grandma mm. and then, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't go very deep into that drama, but I feel like yeah. Adam Sandler was taking it very seriously. Yeah. Compared to probably a lot of the other people in that movie. Mm. Yeah, you know? for sure. I mean, for him, it was relatively serious <laughs> compared yeah. to like the stuff he'd been doing before. Yeah, yeah. This, this was his yeah. King Lear uh, compared <laughs> yes. to everything else. Absolutely. Uh, um, but it's, I, I think it, yeah, I think it's an interesting one where it 
I think rom-coms are very difficult to make a good rom-com. I think mm. I think it's because everyone... Can you remember one in recent memory? Well... A good rom-com? I can, I can think of romantic I, drama. I will give you... See, I feel like a lot of them don't hold up very well. Yeah. Like Love Actually, you know, that was great 15 years ago, but... Yeah. It's still pretty good, but it does suffer from some cheese issues. Mm. Um, I would say, having not seen it since it came out, uh, About Time. Okay. okay. Um, yeah. From five years ago, which was the the guy who all the men in our family have the power to travel back in time at will, and yeah. uh... it's used in a. It, but it's then that story is told in a rom com, and I rather enjoyed that one. Um, I I haven't watched it since though, so I don't know if five years on, six years mm. on, it it doesn't hold up as well. But there's not a huge amount that that necessarily uh prosper long term no i'm just i'm trying to think of one that i've watched in like i've watched romantic drama so la la land is probably so in the in the work that i've done at least the romantic comedy is they get together at the end you know the Mm. the true love promise is fulfilled the romantic drama is stuff like titanic or la la Mm. there's romance that doesn't work out yeah it's tragedy and whatever that i i feel like it's easier to pull off a drama because you know, feeling sad is is easy, but believing the happiness of her characters, I think that's a lot harder. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm actually racking my brain trying to think of a romantic comedy from well that actually was quite successful. Yeah, because there was Bridget, those Bridget holiday Jones's movies. Diary. I mean, that's that's they were still quite going back a while like ago. 10, 15 years. Yeah. Right? I like, mean, would would you count Shaun of the Dead, or is that rom com with a gimmick that sort of? Well, I mean, the, his driving question is to get mm. to his girlfriend, but and everything else is kind of. A product of that Yeah Well it's to get to his mum And his girlfriend So Yeah It's a, it's a film about love But it's yeah. also a film about zombies yeah, um, It just happens to be Catched in a, a Zombie apocalypse Yeah it, it is hard to think Of those ones Which which do genuinely Sort of strike true And stay Stay relevant I guess oh, What was that Emma Stone Hawaii Oh The one was where it? she was Playing she was a playing... Native Hawaiian Yeah That she got in a bit of trouble for yeah yeah never saw that no i don't think anyone did okay that's, <laughs> yeah that's okay Good then reason mm. um yeah yeah but i i think it's yeah i think it, i think it is a hard thing to do and i think it's partly because rom-coms are essentially the pantomimes of film yeah yeah and you either have to be in it for a pantomime or not and i actually kind of like the pantomimic elements that this film leaned into having billy idol on the plane at the end oh, yeah. helping out was very much like you know like the fat, the fat dame equivalent yeah. in yeah. this film yeah. um and there are some really lovely fun cameos in this film as well they i really I, are, I don't yeah. find cameos always work but i think they really did in this one having yeah. uh steve buscemi as the yeah. brother of the yeah. uh groom at the first wedding who's just feels like he's a failure and does that awful speech um i thought was great uh john lovitz Steve Buscemi shows up at the end as the wedding scene. He does, yeah. which yeah. is yeah. weird, yeah. but you know, okay, it works. It was there, yeah, it was fun. And then, yeah, John Lovitz. Oh, John, which... Yeah, John Lovitz was just fantastic yeah. um, as the rival wedding singer who yeah. you know, comes and auditions for them. And, oh, and DJ and cannot move like this. Like... John Lovitz all over the place, basically. Yeah, yeah. 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 I just love. Oh. He's losing his mind, <laughs> and I'm reaping the benefits. <laughs> Slow curtain draw. <laughs> yeah, face just... freeze. Yeah. Draw. Oh yeah. man. It's just, uh, yeah, it's just what what's. Artie Ziff, who he does in The yeah. Simpsons, is just mm. basically Artie Ziff in in live action form. You yeah. know, it's so yeah. good. It was it was really lovely, and then of course, yeah, Billy Idol, as we said, who yeah. playing yeah. himself, uh, it was really fun. Yeah, uh, you know, it's just that's kind of exactly how you imagine Billy Idol would be drinking champagne in first class and helping out underdogs in wedding situations. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he wasn't, but I'm sure that's how he wants to, his legacy to. 
mm. for to sure, sort of yeah. last on. But yeah, you know what I've realized watching it is that something about Mary did everything in this film but better for me. Okay. There's, there's some really direct parallels. You've got the comedian doing a serious one, trying to go after the girl. The girl's already in a relationship. Well, she, was she? I can't remember, but she had the, you know, the brother. Yeah. So there was all those barriers. But I feel like the Farrelly brothers did that mode of like gross out rom-com. Mm. That was how they made their name, right? But I mm. feel like something about Mary does all of that better. Okay. Yeah. But it's also a much, but the, the tone range in that is also super full on, you know, like hedges, you know. Yeah. But then there's the pathos of, oh, I'm going to, you know, lose her and, you know, da, 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 da. And actually I'm really good with the, the special needs brother and stuff. There's... I think that it was a period there of about five or six years because there was that, maybe me, myself and Irene is probably the other one with Jim Carrey yeah. and Renee Zellweger. Yeah, actually. Um, and then when did Fifty First Dates come out? Because that would have been right at the end of that period. Yeah, yeah that was kind of, yeah. The a little last. bit later, yeah. Mm. Um, but that's sort of in a very similar tone as well. Um, Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I think that was a lot lighter than um, yeah. like Spanglish or what was the other one Adam Sandler did this year? Uh, Punch-drunk Love? Punch-drunk Love. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He would, that was fantastic. Mm. That was great. I, I actually never saw it, but my mum um, has very strong opinions about films and she actually mm. really liked it. Which... Well, that, that's consistent tone in that. Mm. Whereas this one, I think he was rehearsing. He was building up to being able to do that yep. movie. Yep. Well, you know, which is fine. That's what you do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's kind of interesting. You can almost see like a little bit of of both the dramatic characters that he would go on to play as well mm. as, you know, that sort of Billy Madison. I found there were times when he would just, without almost, I think, meaning to he would adopt that billy madison style of speaking like yeah. the little baby voice i'm like I, I don't think you're meant to you meant to do that but you're doing it that's yeah. okay you know you'll move on but yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah um so we, we see him performing in his band his wedding singing band um there's the one of the things which i think doesn't stand out particularly well from this film is the is the boy george character mm. um yeah who was played by um alexa arquette and uh, sorry alexis arquette and um I don't know if it's just because I'm not a massive fan of Boy George. Like, I think mm. Boy George is fine. Mm. But I, I just, this sort of, it felt like quite a, kind of just a lazy depiction. Yeah, like, yeah I and agree. Also, like, we were all watching it and kind of going, it's, it's not necessarily homophobic or transphobic, mm. but it's certainly not, it, it felt like a caricature. It, yeah. And yeah. I, I, I was sitting there kind of going, this, is, this isn't adding anything to the film particularly. No. And I think the trouble is you've got so many sort of friendship type characters to Adam Sandler here that the Boy George character doesn't really get a lot of poignant moments where doesn't he can actually anything. speak. He doesn't really say much. Yeah. Um, there. Yeah, you see him, you know, with his makeup running because he's crying his eyes out at the wedding or, or he's trying, trying on wedding, wedding dresses, dresses and yeah. doing little twirls, but... That's that's all you see. Yeah. And if you had that along with like some maybe deeper moments where he got to, you know, actually verbalize yeah. and and play an important role in the plot, then maybe Doesn't that would have, have been a line? I'm trying to think. Just singing. He sings, just, yeah, he and sings that's the it. same yeah. song. But like Alexis like it in real life is I'm not sure if trans now, but definitely cross dresser. Mm-hmm. And at the time was as well. Yeah. So that kind of it definitely didn't give it any depth. The film no. didn't give that. No, no. He's, he's it, her character. It feels a bit like, essentially, to be honest, it just felt like a waste of a character. It felt yeah. like we we didn't it was window re- dressing. Yeah, we didn't mm-hmm. meet, remember the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we we didn't meet any of the other band members. We didn't, no. get, yeah, like the old guy playing the drums in the background. We didn't get his backstory or anything, yeah. and so it kind of just felt like it felt a little gratuitous. It felt 
to be honest, it felt as though this character was kind of like the wee man of Jackass. You know, mm. it's just like, this is someone who looks different from everyone else for whatever reason. But they never really went into any... Yeah, they never explored it. And I think if you were making a contemporary version of The Wedding Singer, that character would potentially be sort of on like i guess maybe like an equal footing with a character like um sammy yeah. who's the the person who drives the limo driver yeah. who likes Brother. to sleep with women yeah um I, I i actually think i don't remember that character being in the in the musical the um, boy george I, character the boy george character i think okay. they might have actually written it out I, okay. I could be wrong it was a couple of years ago that I, I saw would it almost guarantee that there was probably at least a scene after the meltdown that's where I would have put it. Mm. After the meltdown, when he gets broken up with and the, the you know, gets punched out by the, the father of the bride and that, mm. Mm. I feel like there was an opportunity there to go like, you're not just ruining your livelihood, you're ruining my livelihood yeah. as well, but yeah. we're still friends. The, something in that moment is, seems to me at least, that's where it should have been. Yeah. Mm. And I'm wondering if that was in the script that got cut or in the deleted scenes that got cut. Yeah, it's, yeah I don't know. It was quite... It was fairly progressive to have a character like that because in terms of representation, there wasn't a huge amount in the late nineties. No, it was, no. it was coming, becoming more. Previous to this, it was it was Buffalo Bill in um, <laughs> in in Silence of the Lambs. Not exactly a positive portrayal. No, exactly. No. But and that, and and that's kind of an interesting point. I think is that maybe this is one of those things that you know is is sort of if you're going to make the steps to be. Um, to to start having essentially non-traditional gender roles in films mm. maybe you have to start with baby steps and go here they are in the film they're not speaking but they're there and then 10 years later you get the other thing i'm not saying it's right that that's the way it's mm. done but it feels as though this was very much a baby step yeah it does seem to be the way it's done whether it's right or not yeah, yeah. but in the film's defense that was boy george's look that was the mm. message. That was his brand that he was putting yeah. out at the time. Mm. And I think I was saying, well, it, that, that's a period where of like, you know, the new romantic new waves kind yeah. of synth pop stuff mm. where guys like Flock of Seagulls and, you know. And, and David Nets Bowie. Were, David Bowie, yeah. exactly. Like very, very feminine look yeah. on guys that were otherwise, you know, straight. Yeah. Mm. There was a lot of androgyny yeah, going yeah. on in that period. A lot of eyeliner yeah. and yeah. perming and hair gel and stuff. So... It, it definitely was of the period, mm. but again, it's it would just seems so shallow. Like it would dip into, hey, don't forget about the eighties. This film's in the eighties. Remember, mm. oh look, yeah. the flight flight attendant guy at the desk, the, yeah, has the a flock, flock of seagulls. Of seagulls. <laughs> We're yeah. gonna give him a close up. I reckon that was a friend of someone, friend of the director or someone like we we we. We're going to put you in the movie. We're going to give you a close up. <laughs> but you, you have to have this daft haircut. Um, yeah, yeah, but it's. Yeah, it, and, and again, one of the other things which maybe felt... It was something we discussed while we were watching it is the attitude towards um, uh, towards sexual malpractice. Yeah, is the towards only thing. like groping. Yeah, and, uh, so yeah, you've got um, you've got uh, Bruce Bogtrotter from Matilda. <laughs> that, was Very, a, that was a lovely surprise. Yeah, yeah. Love, great cameo there. Um, he's he's playing the part of a of a young kid at the bar mitzvah who's like, oh, the girls don't want to dance with me because I'm fat. And, uh, and so um robbie uh does a nice thing and sort of arranges for him to dance with julia and so you know all his peer bar mitzvah boys are like oh what he gets oh man and then while he's dancing he puts his hand on her bottom and that's hilarious and and it's kept there she 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 gives him like oh looks up to the adam sandler character but it stays there whereas i I think I've seen that in other films where they'll be like (laughs) cheeky and move the hand back up yeah 
but then it just becomes a whole thing. Like everyone's putting everyone's hands. Yeah, on Adam it. Sandler's got a thirteen-year-old girl that he's dancing with. And, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's all a bit. It's awkward. And and, and, oh. It's what I would call uh, white people fun. Is the yeah. way it, it, it's <laughs> it, it's that thing where they've not really thought about it and they've just gone, oh, we'll join in. Oh, you know, it's it's the reason why things like the Macarena got popular without <laughs> us realizing. Conga lines, yeah. drunken conga lines. Yeah, those things white got people fun. Yeah, white people fun. You know, and it's one of those things where <laughs> you just do it to join in because you desperately want community because you're from like an anglicized culture where you don't have one, so you'll just desperately grab onto <sighs> anything. You're wrapped yeah. in repression, and yeah. this is your chance because you're four drinks deep. And so you won't think, oh, maybe it's inappropriate to have someone under the age of eighteen. Of that, of that with prom that photo the from what was it, Baraboo? Did you did you see that from no. Baraboo, Wisconsin, last year with all not. the boys? in their high school prom photo throwing a Nazi salute because the photographer oh. thought it would be fun to ask them to do a Nazi salute. Yeah. There's that's... nothing funnier than Nazis, I'll tell white you. White people hijinks, yeah. yeah. White yeah. people, white people fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, oh, we God. we have a bit of we had a bit of um WPF happening at this bar mitzvah. Um, <laughs> and over the course of this, you know, we're seeing Robbie and Julia getting closer and then she asks him to start help her plan her wedding because mm. Glenn he's not interested in it at all. Um, and you're really good at it. And apparently yeah. there's no wedding planner um business no one limo driver one venue no, <laughs> no jennifer lopez in this town yeah, yeah. you know john lovitz is like you've increased my business by 300 percent when you quit you know it's it's all just yeah. uh yeah it, it's a very it's, apparently there's not a lot of weddings i yeah. guess it's a squished industry yeah, yeah. um do they say where it is i don't think they do they, 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 it's it's some begins with an r it's like ridgehorn or ride mount or something like that some sort of vaguely american sounding town but i don't know if it's a real town or just yeah. a made up one mm. Um, but yeah, they, they, you know, they're starting to get together and then they have the, the kiss, um, Mm. as part Mm. of it, there's Holly, who is uh, the sister of uh, Julia, um, and they're discussing uh, church tongue, which I thought was a really fun, so it's a good fun time. word for um, it. It's good I time. think this is actually a good time uh, to get my book that I bought for 50 cents at the op shop involving 80s wedding planning yes. if we're discussing church tongue. Oh, yes. Please, uh, please do. I'll be back. That's all good. No, while, whilst you go fetch that, uh, Brett. Um, mm. Carmen quick, said pre- stall for time, quick. Well, no, it, it, this is a good point to ask you because <laughs> Carmen said previously um, that she felt that was quite contrived as yeah. a way to make them kiss. Did, did you feel that? That's how I've had pretty much all my kisses, is to uh, get my friend to come along and go, oh, look, this, you should just practice on him. Mm. That's how I do all of it. That's, That's why you always I'm stand with your lips pursed whenever you're into much, a room. I am chapsticked up 100% of the time. Yeah, well, um, I, I, to be, I, I have to be perfectly honest here. Um, this, this film, the relationship between Robbie and Julia is weirdly reminiscent of my own actual <laughs> relationship with Ellen. You, um, you kept getting more and more incredulous as the film went on. It was yeah. Quite funny to watch. Now I wasn't a wedding singer in the nineteen eighties, um, but there were just certain beats in this story, which um, were reminiscent of things that had happened to to us, sort of in the lead up to us getting together. One of which was that we actually kissed in a non romantic capacity mm-hmm. before we were going out. Um, and it was because we were both in a play where our characters kissed. Uh-huh. And that so old chestnut. Th- that very old chestnut, <laughs> yeah. And so because we were in rehearsals for this play and um, we weren't going out at this point, but to, to basically just open up my personal life to everyone listening in on the internet. Why not? We, we quite liked each other, but we hadn't said anything to each other yet. And we did this um, because our characters had to kiss in this play. We were like, okay, well, we're going to need to rehearse this. And we did. You sly dog. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just arranged a whole play. No, it was. Um. It was. Yeah. It was. 
it, that that particular bit, I was kind of going, mm, okay, no, I definitely believe that. Been there, done that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, that was quite fun. That was quite weird uh, that that came about that way. And you also said there was, yeah, talk about plain etiquette that was a, a factor. Yeah, yeah. There was maybe a plain etiquette with uh, someone's former partner who mm. was maybe not quite as uh, considerate of um, where other people in that relationship needed to be sat. Mm. and it Which is a very important plot point for this because it's the test that she gives to Glenn. Mm. And his concession is, how about you just lean over? Yeah. But the, you know what bugged me about that? She's like, I've never seen the lights of Vegas. Like, it's daytime. You're not going to see the lights <laughs> of Vegas. That's not the point, court. though. You're going to be sick of the lights of Vegas by the time right. you leave tomorrow. But all they needed to do was, I mean, there was a lot of changes, but like, she, she could have just said the Las Vegas strip. Yeah. 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 These are the things yeah. that bug me. Yeah. You have a wedding planner okay. back home. I do. I do. So I've got the page here. Deciding your Church. wedding style. So we have three styles of wedding here. Mm. That's it? We, we have the grand formal wedding, which is held in a cathedral or a big church or synagogue. Mm-hmm. Right. We have the traditional formal wedding, which is in a church or synagogue. Or we have the informal wedding, which is in a church or synagogue. Great. So so you have a church mm-hmm. or you have a synagogue in the 80s to get married in. Mm-hmm. Right. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So That's this, is, it. this is 1981, this, this planner, is it? This is 1981 or 1983. I wonder if they used this book or sourced this book. 1983. There we go. We also have a beautiful list in here that I'm hoping to find about your, your wedding gifts. Oh, yep, fantastic. here we go. So this is a full list of um, ideas for wedding gifts. Okay. So we have things like Just an air extractor fan. We have a uh, butter dish. Ooh, um, okay. We have a stepladder, um, a typewriter. Very, very practical. Typewriter, maybe not so much. <laughs> well, not so much now, but an extractor fan. And, mm. and later on in the book, it goes on to talk about how uh, while you're on your honeymoon, it's your best man's job to set up the gas and electricity in your house because you won't have lived together, of course. No, you have to have no. your wedding gifts uh, you Who have would... to have your new wedding linen on the bed from oh uh, from your wedding. And, so the best uh, man actually had like a role beyond the wedding. Yeah, yeah. Beyond the box party. Really. You had that's, to that's you had to get your home set up while you're on honeymoon. Wow. It's just it's incredible. Right. You come back and um, carry her over the threshold. So mm. Stephen, I, I feel like you and you and your partner might have uh, some going through of this book to do. We uh, certainly yeah. do. Yes. Well, uh, on last week's podcast, but people <laughs> will know that we we did say we were got engaged. It, this is it, it's just a weird time. This this watching this film. Yeah, it's it's kind of like oh god, now I've got to find a wedding singer. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but it's but yeah, it's um, John Lovitch. Yeah, John. I'm getting on the phone, John. I, I will. I will pay for John Lovitz to yep. come to your wedding. Crowds, yeah. crowds, uh, crowds also. We've we've got it on tape. Uh, yeah. We are, <laughs> we are, we are getting John Lovitz. Uh, but yeah, I, I I I love this little sort of older bridal registry, and I think it's really interesting seeing the attitudes towards the relationships in the film and how they kind of reflect this viewpoint. Yeah, where, particularly with um, uh, Julia's mother. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that whole just oh yeah when she's expressing doubts about the relationship mm. and she essentially says just do it. Yeah, just do yeah. it. You'll have security. You'll, you'll marry have money, him you'll have and you'll be everything will be fine. Despite the fact yeah. her own relationship with her with Julia's father was terrible. Yeah. yeah. And he's not even in the film. He's just no, referenced as a bad point. Yeah. And it's it's I just found bits like that kind of a bit shocking. Um but not surprising, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and it's, um, yeah. It's kind of a funny mix, isn't it? Because you've got that attitude of like the very traditional, like you'll get married and you'll stay married and everything will be okay. And then you've got, you know, your playboys, you know, going out with a different woman every weekend, mm. you know, with, with Julia's fiance. And it's just, it's this odd 80s mix, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but I, I also found it really interesting um, how we saw, to speak of the that sort of playboy lifestyle, we saw Glenn who just genuinely was getting off on the fact that he could 
cheat. And, mm. you know, it was like, I, I can have so all, proud of it. all the cookies <laughs> from the jar, that kind of attitude. Mm. But then you see Sammy on the flip side, who is a philanderer, is, you know, is someone who's just like having a, girl, a different girl every night, but explains to Robbie that is not something he's doing because he's happy. Well, he mm. says he, he says that's his, you know, manifesto. We see no evidence of that. Yeah. Yeah. So the way I took that was he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But in reality, like he's, he's not picking up. He's not getting a different girl every night. He's just maybe telling people. Yeah. Because that's the way he wants. Like, because yeah. there's, there's a whole facet there that's not even looked at. Yeah. You don't see him. You see him hit on or want to hit on Julia, like make the plan for it. Mm. And at the very end, there's like a, oh, that was very nice from, from Christine Taylor's character. Mm. Um, but you never see him. With, yeah. You get the little speech of actually I'm miserable, but he doesn't go actually I'm miserable because I'm lying and I don't have anyone. I haven't mm. had anyone. Mm. It, it was a weird little, and again, we're probably going a little bit too far into character analysis. Well, I think the trouble is there's just so many side characters in this and everyone's kind of got to have their little bit, you know? There's Mm. like, you know, there's his brother, there's Adam Sandler's brother-in-law, the whole bit about, you know, his sex life after marriage. And you got the little kids, you know, doing their bit. Are you having a nervous breakdown, Uncle Robbie? Yeah, going to the cuckoo asylum. Um, And then you've got like the old old lady, you know, doing her singing rehearsals. Mm. And, you know, um, I feel like... There's just so many characters squeezed in there that it's hard to give everyone a look in, yeah. which is why characters like Sammy don't, yeah. you don't see much there. No, I can see how that would work a lot better on stage though. Yeah, yeah, mm. it does. Just from like a dramaturgy perspective, mm. being able to separate the stage out and have those characters there doing their thing. And, yeah. Because you can't, you can't do that in camera a lot of the time, unless no. you're very clever. But I can see how it would be a lot more successful in both like honoring the tone mm. and also then just from a pure mechanics yeah. point of view. Well, I, I actually think that, um, you know, some of these characters actually got written out again. I don't remember the yeah. full details, but I don't remember there being so many characters Makes sense in though, the right? stage. It does make sense. Um, yeah. Um, the film ultimately culminates on the plane. Does it culminate on the plane in the stage show? Are they flying to Vegas? I don't think so, no. Yeah, because I was thinking... Boy George is definitely not there. Yeah, or Um, Billy Idol. (laughs) Sorry, Billy Idol. (laughs) Um, But yeah, the idea of of trying to stage that on a... uh, Doing a stage show on a plane, Mm. uh, I think could be quite intriguing, but I wasn't sure if that was the case or not. But I found... I really liked the way that worked out because I think they'd fully embraced sort of their pantomime element. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. I for really sure. love the fact we didn't go to Las Vegas. Yeah. Like that was just like, oh, I don't want to be running around the Vegas Strip. And I it's like a lot of budget. Yeah. Oh, same. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I just love that. Like all the first class passengers really get into it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Billy Idol's like their ringleader, going like, right, let's let's sort <laughs> this out. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and doing the song through the plane, and that felt like a properly really good romantic moment. Definitely. Yeah. It's the massive, it's the big gesture. It's, I think when I first saw it, I can remember thinking, oh, he's going to stop him, stop her at the airport gate or whatever. But that is obviously, that's a very, you know, Husey 80s thing. Yeah. So they obviously got rid of that and went, well, what happens if we put it on a plane? Yeah. And then how do we figure that? Oh, they're on the same plane. And, you know, all that kind of happenstance and it's all, oh, look, it's all working out in the end. Yeah. Hilarity yeah. ensues. Yeah. 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 Dot, yeah. dot, dot, hand the script in. And then it, the, the film kind of just finishes. Uh, yeah. It's another one of those weird editing things where yeah. as soon as they kiss on the plane and then it cuts to them kissing at their wedding and you have that shot of them leaving the wedding with Steve Buscemi singing over the top of it. Mm. And it just ends. It's done. There's a lot yeah. of weird cuts in this film. Yeah. Like there there's are, a lot of yeah. hard cuts. That, so the, what, one of the ones that stuck out to me is when um, the sister is saying, you know, if you come upstairs, you'll get laid. Mm. And he's like, mm, my head's a bit messy. And then that just... 
it ends, just yeah. ends. It's yeah. just yeah. gone, that scene. There's no him walking away. There's no her. Like, I feel like it needed a, a wide mm. of him walking away and her going like, oh, okay. And then, but it just cuts, hard cuts to the next morning. And yeah. for a film so tied up in the 80s setting, you would think yeah. there would be many more star wipes. I right. was disappointed Anything. by the lack of star wipes. <laughs> <laughs> It's just yeah. or fades, like, yeah, yeah, cross fades. You're right. It's 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 awkward transition sometimes. Mm. It's just and then I don't know why. I was just thinking at the end maybe there might be like an epilogue or something, but no, it was just everyone's throwing confetti and they're married and it wraps and that's up it. really yeah. quickly. It felt like they there's enough breathing room in the middle, but that third act is crammed in yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, because they need to have time. You know, you're gonna Billy Idol on your film. You're gonna have to give him some time yeah mm. so there's at least there's more time spent on that than that last little bit than the actual characters i think mm. but i mean you kind of don't need much of an epilogue i guess you no, know you what's going to happen because it is that mm. rom-com yeah. setup, you know but it might have been nice to maybe uh, not end it so abruptly yeah, it's very yeah. Abrupt. we did also have a lot of the story threads sort of tied up like we'd seen rosie sing at her 50th wedding anniversary yes. and that was very and nicely done rap and then, yeah, hip, hop, hip <laughs> to the hub. Yeah, that kind of thing. It was lovely. Um, but yeah, I felt that a lot of things had kind of been wrapped up. Like we weren't going to get resolution to Sammy being lonely. No. Um, well, you had, there was a moment of that mm. when he gave... Oh, the credit card. The credit yeah. card. And, and Holly like, was that's like, really nice. And there was a moment. And I'm yeah. like, okay, that's the trajectory. That's yeah. where it's going to go because it has to be neat. And- mm. Yeah. And we saw that Steve Buscemi turned his life around, which was the yeah. thing I was most concerned with this whole film. So. Very inspirational. That was the hanging question from <laughs> the very first 10 minutes. So, would you guys like some trivia about The Wedding Singer? Absolutely. Sure. All right. Uh, the butterfly jean jacket that Julia wears throughout the movie belongs to Drew Barrymore. Uh, the director, <laughs> Frank Carassi, uh, is that what we decided we were saying it? Caracai. Or... Caracai. I don't know. C-O-R-A-C-I. Uh, have fun at home. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, the director, uh, Frank, uh, liked the jacket and told her to wear it as part of her costume. So that's just something okay. something shared at home. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. Um, there were uh, a couple of people who are uncredited as having worked on this script. Uh, Adam Sandler was uncredited, despite the fact makes he's sense. in it. Yeah. Uh, Judd Apatow was another person. Okay. okay. Well, um, yeah, him and, him and Adam Sandler were together yeah. early on. And... Carrie Fisher. Really? I was going to say, this kind of felt a bit Carrie Fisher-esque. Mm. Um, but she does a lot of, you know, she did Sister Act and stuff. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, she did a lot of script. Mm. But when I came across that, I was like, ah. Oh. Oh. Good old Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Oh, I miss her. Mm. In this film, Robbie mentions someone with the name Eric Lamonsoff. The name Eric Lamonsoff was later given to a character played by Kevin James in the Grown Ups films. What? <laughs> So, I, so that you just had that in his back pocket the whole time. Yeah, oh, some real, that. real world that. building. Yeah. Oh wow. Somewhere Kevin James is in this world in the nineteen eighties, yeah. running around. Wow, this is like the, the autistic kid in, um, uh, the dream of the autistic kid, and it links together all of the TV shows. Oh. Okay. Do you not know this theory? No, I don't. In um, Saint Andrew's Fire, I think it oh, is. Fire out. What's the kid's name? I don't know, oh, but he's an autistic oh. kid that is like non-verbal. And through branding and product placement and sort of like the, the reuse of props, mm. it ties together like the X-Files and all of the law and orders because yeah, certain it's characters like reappear. Yeah, it's like different TV shows or something. And yeah. because the last episode of St. Andrew's Fire, you just see this, the whole setting is just in this snow globe that this mm. kid is looking at. Okay. Um, oh, I can't remember. It's like Tommy... I wouldn't Tommy have a clue. I, only th- I found this about when I was looking up X Files yeah. many, many years ago. That's 
Okay. But pre-Wikipedia, yeah, I think. Yeah, really is, interesting yeah. rabbit hole. Um, Have a look because the list of yeah. shows is is vast. Mm. And the, the thing that ties them together, it's flimsy. It's it's There's props houses in America you can buy certain props from. So there's bags of chips that are kind of like knockoff Lay's chips. Mm. And we've actually had to buy them for films here at one point. And they're quite big and they've like got a white strip on it. I forget what they're called. I think they're called something like Lay's but I've seen them in Community I've seen them in um, Justified I've seen them in like it's the go-to prop thing because they print and it's a sealed bag of chips right and so because all of these different intellectual properties have it it yes. makes the oh Community and X-Files are in the same world pretty much okay pretty cool. much that's, good. that's cool I like oh, that Brooklyn Nine-Nine they had it in Brooklyn Nine-Nine okay so uh, it is the Tommy Westfall universe hypothesis right can yeah. you give us a, some of the shows off that list uh, yeah I certainly can because I know Law and Order is one. Okay. And X-Files, which makes then Millennium. Someone did the maths. Something like 90% of all American television. Yeah. Because um, X-Files did a cops crossover. So our world is actually within. The, oh, the. Yeah. Okay. So then everything. So it's, yeah. So St. Elsewhere um, characters appeared on Homicide, Life of the Street, um, who uh, then appeared on Law and Order, which then extends to the X-Files. It it goes on and on. So hospital dramas, Mm. there's all sorts of stuff. That's Mm. that's kind of cool. It's a huge list, but it's it's the characters themselves. That's, you know, that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. But yeah, a a brand of cigarette, I think, is another one. Yeah. and I think a television station or something like that, or like a particular piece of music or something, it all ties together. Mm. But the, there are people that have meticulously gone through and, and done that. So now you're going to need to start your own wiki for the Kevin... The Kevin James. Kevin James character. <laughs> yeah, universe. the Kevin James rabbit hole that we... Yeah. yeah what? Well, there's some fanfic. What has he been up to in the intervening years? Mm. 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 Well, there you go, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Don't steal that idea. That's my new podcast. <laughs> Uh, the director's own real-life heartbreak helped him tap into the film's emotion. Was the heartbreak uh, no one can pronounce his last name correctly? <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> his um, wife didn't marry him because of the last yeah, name. Like, I can't say it. Yeah. Uh, he was marrying uh, Marassi Karassi. <laughs> he, he didn't want that as a last name. Uh, he said, I remember lying in bed and not being able to move. It was so easy to tap into that pretty quickly, uh, he said of his own heartbreak, which happened a few years before the movie came along. I think the distance between the, uh, those two things was good. It let me look at uh, at the whole thing differently, and it allowed it to be funny. If it had happened... Uh, I think if it had happened before The Wedding Singer, would have been one seriously depressing movie. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm. And that mo- they've done that movie plenty of times. Yeah. yeah. Depressive breakup one. Mm. Mm. Well, but that's a good point, actually, because the tone could have gone real dark, but you don't actually spend a lot of time with, with him being dark. Yeah. Because yeah. he shaves and then yeah. he's, oh, I'm, I'm you know, I'm he's getting, he, he's I getting sing, a, sing a bit of a sad, grungy song and that's about it. Yeah. 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 Um, the movie doesn't feature any sex scenes. Um, and the reason for that is uh, Adam Sandler said um, it seemed odd for a rom-com. Uh, he also said the main reason for not having a sex scene is I'm not good at sex. Uh, <laughs> I started when I was pretty young and I always like think like, you'll get better, but I've gotten older and it's not improved. <laughs> so, That's very candid of him. Very candid. For, about it would have stood out very strangely. Yeah. 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 I don't think we needed that um, no. in this particular one. Um, 
Ellen Dow, who played Rosie, a.k.a. the Rapping Granny, was 84 when she filmed this film. Uh, She made it all the way to 101. Wow. She lived a very, very long time. And she kept working from memory because she was in Farrelly Brothers stuff. She was, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, she passed away eventually in uh, 2015. Yeah, it was not not that long ago, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, and she was very good. Yeah. She was very good. I just yeah. loved her doing the weights yeah. in the garden. Just, you know, she was sh- having fun. It was wonderful. <laughs> doing her triceps. Yeah. But still, look, you know, in great shape for 84, still knocking around, doing I her stuff. I reckon she probably wouldn't have looked much different. Like, you look at her then and she looks quite old. She looks mm. 84, but... She, yeah, you but... Know, you hit a plateau of ageing, Sean. <laughs> it's mm. sags as far as it's going to go. Yeah. Hey, in that wedding book, is there yeah. a list of, of foods at all? Oh, there! Oh, there is actually a recipe to make your own wedding banquet. Because oh, um, I, I found a book you. from the seventies, a recipe book from the seventies, and it was mostly sort of like gelatinin based. <laughs> yeah. Everything was suspended yeah. in 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 jelly. So in there's jelly, a, yeah. a wedding cake recipe here with royal icing and apricot glaze. So you right. can have a fruit cake or an orange cake. Uh, Do they have suggestions as to finger foods? Yeah, they've got pork pies. We've got chicken and liver pork pate, Mm -hmm. spicy drumsticks. Not a lot of gelatin. Um, They'd moved on by the 80s. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. we're in 83 now. They'd figured it out. game pie. Okay. Is this a book from England? Pork pies, game pies. Peaches in brandy. Mm. I mean... I it doesn't sound terrible. No. It's very 80s. It doesn't, it doesn't sound, sound as awful. bad as uh, Polony chopped yeah. up and suspended in pineapple jelly. Yeah. No, yeah. there's nothing There's nothing really gelatinous in here. Just a lot, of, no, thank you. a lot of chicken <laughs> and prawns, it seems like. Mm. Uh, Billy Idol starred in the film to appease his son. Um, oh. He was uh, obviously famous for writing the song White Wedding, which features in the soundtrack. Um, and he said, my son loved Adam Sandler. And I thought, I'm going to have to see it anyway. So why not be in it? Uh, I gained a number of diehard teenage fans through doing it who are adults now who keep turning up to my gigs. Uh, Adam Sandler said, there's something about Billy Idol hanging on a plane, knocking back champagne and getting involved with my love life. Uh, everyone thought that'd be fun. Yeah. I wonder if it was specifically him or they like worked through the options of who it might be. Yeah. Who's mm. uh, Hole and Oats available? No. <laughs> Uh, Michael Jackson, no, he's no. too big. Prince, uh, he's probably not into it. Yeah, Billy Idol, we can get Billy Idol. <laughs> well, I mean, you you draw those parallels then to like Ben Stiller's work, and then you've got the '80s pastiche in Zoolander, right? Like you've yeah, got a with, lot of um, David Bowie, yeah, David and, yeah. Bowie, mm. and Billy Zane, who arguably you know hit his peak in the mid '90s as the yeah. Phantom. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I think you can draw really interesting parallels between mm. the stuff that Ben Stiller did, which I think is consistently better. Mm. Um, and then the Adam Sandler stuff. Yeah. Because Ben Stiller went on that um, really, you know, drama-driven thing with, um, oh, what was the film that he did about, like, the escapism and he goes to Iceland and skateboards. Was that the Walter Mitty one? Yes. Yeah, yeah The Fabulous Adventures mm. of Walter Mitty or something yeah. like that. And that. That looked like it was a softy kind of glossy movie, but it was actually pretty full on. Yeah, I don't, don't remember that one. It's worth looking at. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and finally, Boy George was a fan of Boy George uh, in this particular film. Um, He said that uh, Alexis played me in The Wedding Singer very hilariously. Uh, When I went to see it, I didn't know that that was going to happen. So when I saw uh, Alexis doing impressions of me, I was rolling around on the floor (laughs) laughing. So Boy George liked it. See, I I got Boy George and Billy Idol confused in my head again. (laughs) Billy Idol was a fan of his own performance in this film. Oh my God. Yeah, Yeah. no, no. uh, Yeah, Boy George, apparently a fan of uh, that character we felt was a bit extraneous. 
genius, but you know, if it's someone playing you up there, and you yeah. give it a tick, yeah, yeah. So, that's fair yeah. So, guys, we have to score this film. Uh, we're going to score it out of ten. And Carmen, because this was your first time watching it, you get to go first. What would you give The Wedding Singer out of ten? Uh, I'm going to go six uh, slow curtain uh, foldbacks by John Lovitz out of ten. That's what I was going to go with. Oh, sorry, Stephen. <laughs> oh, that's all good. Um, what about you, Brett? What are you going to go for? Um, I think probably maybe 6.5 wrapping grandmas out of, out of ten. Mm. It's, it was okay, but I'm not going to go watch it again. No, it's... Unless I'm forced to for a podcast. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I don't know how often that's going to happen. Uh, I, I, I liked it. Uh, it's it's not a classic, I'd say, no. um, but I'm very I'm glad that I've watched it. I I got a lot more enjoyment out of it than I thought. But but looking at it, um, it's not an outstanding film. Um, so I'm gonna give it uh, six and a half meatballs in my hands <laughs> out of ten. Just nice. real squished down. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Grandma squished. Yeah, yep. yeah. Just like Mama used to compress. <laughs> Like mama used the hog in her hands. Yeah. Uh, so that is all for this episode. Uh, Carmen and Brett, thank you very much for joining me on this uh, episode of the podcast. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you for having me. And for those of you listening at home, thank you for listening in. Uh, why did we do this film? Because you, the audience, selected it in our monthly film poll votes. I want to take part, I hear you say. Well, go to Facebook. Yes, go to Facebook and search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club and you'll find the polls posted there as and when they come. We're going to be doing another trilogy of films in the near future. So if you want to have a say on what trilogy we look at, uh, make sure that you'll like the page so you can see that come up. I want to help pick what trilogy we're going to do. Well, then you need to become a member of our official club on patreon just go to patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast and you can have a say in that and get some bonus extra goodies too and of course uh, if you're not already subscribed say you're listening to this in a friend's car first of all what a great friend you've got <laughs> secondly uh, you can subscribe to us by going to the uh, itunes or soundcloud or other podcasting or podcatching services and just search for the cinema catch-up club and you know follow there and you'll get a new episode each and every week and that's all for now so until next time he's losing his mind (laughs) and i'm reaping the benefits You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com. Can I can I give you a bit of advice for post credits? You know, yes, actually yes, this okay. can be. Yeah. Stephen. Yes. Now is the time, if you wish, to make a public announcement. Okay. This can be done in the forthcoming marriages column of a national newspaper such Ooh. as The Times, The Daily Telegraph, The Jewish Chronicle, The Scotsman, and or local newspapers. I'm going to put uh, Ellen and Amine's wedding announcement in all five of them. Uh, <laughs> especially the Jewish Chronicle. I've not actually read that one. Well, the announcement must be sent in writing and signed by one of the couple or by a parent. Okay. Usually, the bride's parents arrange and pay for the announcement. Right. So, I'll, Ellen's I'll get, parents get on to that. Yeah, I'll give them a call. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. Any, any other advice? Because, I mean, you have you have actually gotten married. You've done the marriage thing, uh, mm. yeah, Dr. Carmen Dolly. And... Uh, Obviously, I'm, I'm taking my first tentative steps towards wedding planning. <laughs> so, um, actually, I'm now trying to think which of those wedding singers I would hire. <laughs> would I hire Steve Buscemi? Would I hire Adam Sandler? 
I would hire John Lovitz. I'm not yeah. even going to Yeah, ask I, it. I think we need yeah. to put a poll up for everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Lovitz is definitely who I'd be hiring. Absolutely. Because yeah. you know he's going to be a sleazeball. But yeah. It's going to be a shot. It's, it's oh going to be gosh. wonderful. Yeah. No, he, a DJ can't shake like him. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't listen to this book. It tells you to set your wedding date three months out from the wedding. So, wait. That so makes I, sense. That, that makes sense. sense. Wait, so I can't decide when the wedding is until three months beforehand. So yeah, what you don't I, book your venue and set your date until three months before the wedding, apparently. Right, okay. So, so it's that, like a year, right? Yeah. I'm going to say, yeah, because like, what if I really want to get married on Christmas Day? Do I have to wait until September the 25th before <laughs> I can officially start doing stuff? I think that might have other problems than just the venue. <laughs> <laughs> you reckon? <laughs> yeah, look, you know, it's Jesus' day. But Santa's going to officiate. Yeah, but then you're only getting Christmas presents. You're not going to get wedding presents mm. it's like having a birthday on christmas yeah who will get you that stepladder you just did not think this right did you say <laughs> no i didn't oh god <laughs> you, have, you have at least three months to figure it out that's true Ooh, that's yeah. true yeah. okay okay so as long as we don't know on christmas day we're fine <laughs> <laughs> just do it between christmas and new year's because that's when everyone is ready to go i got married on december 27th yeah, See? There you go. everyone's off no you know everyone's off december 29th Oh, oh goodness! Oh, I'm gonna, I did it again. I'm gonna send this to Jason. <laughs> he does the same thing. He does the same thing. It's fine. I'm sorry, honey. 